Austin, my man, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Not much. Yeah, we were just we were just chatting off air. So you said you got off to the day to a little bit of a late start. So um, cool. This will hopefully be a good transition into your most productive hours of the day. Um, yeah. be, be, I'm going to give you the mic in a sec to give a little intro for you, but um, I like to give a little intro. People know me. They, they're listening to the podcast and uh, they might be wondering why. Why would I choose you to have you on the podcast? And frankly, it's not complicated. Uh, most books on health and nutrition and anatomy and physiology and biomechanics and well, that's maybe I stretched a little bit far there, but let's stick with like training and nutrition in particular. Most books, hardcover in person, like hold it in your hands. Books just suck balls. Like they're just not good. Um, and there's the occasional good one. And you wrote a really, really good one. Uh, and when it comes to like, you know, anatomy and biomechanics are all the rage right now. We're going to talk about your background. Um, but this, your book, Science of Strength Training, is just like a fantastic, uh, fantastic resource for, for, first of all, for everybody. But I also think that there is a specific individual who wants to have that kind of like in their hands copy something solid, not necessarily like, oh, I can go do like the N1 courses or I can, oh, I can do this person's online course. Like there is something to be said about having a hard, like hard copy, so to speak. And you've, you've written an amazing book that I, I, I think it, I, I hope people know about it and I'll put it in the show notes and all yeah. that stuff. I have it on my, on my bookshelf right here, but um, why don't you introduce yourself, tell people who you are, what you do, how you became so passionate about all this stuff. And then, and then we can talk a little bit about the origin of the book. I do want to start with that, but I want to move on with that because you are more than just that book. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I've certainly, the book has been a big part of my career over the past uh, few years since I published in 2021. So um, that certainly is a big part of my career and, and a big part of the transition I've kind of got found myself in from a career standpoint. Um, so my name's Austin. Uh, I'm a personal trainer, you know, by trade, we all have different names for ourselves, but you know, when people ask, you know, what do you do? Uh, my answer is always personal trainer. You know, my wife kind of gets on me for certain things. Cause she's like, well, you wrote a book. Well, you've done this. Well, you've done this. And it's like, look, I'm a person that helps other people train personally. Right. So I'm a personal trainer and I'm good with that. I don't need that to say anything else. So uh, by trade, I'm a personal trainer. Uh, I've been doing that for uh, since 2013, so pretty much right at a decade now. And you know, a lot of my time's been spent online. And uh, I started out in person, transitioned to online early, kind of early in the game. Uh, back in late 2014, early 2015 was I, when I got started in the online space, which is around the similar time uh, to you know when I was going through university, studying exercise science and sports nutrition. And then I got into competing uh, in physique uh, bodybuilding. I had a professional career in that. Uh, so I thankfully had early success or else I don't think I would have stuck with it. Uh, so I started competing when I was 19. I ended up turning pro in the IFBB naturally uh, when I was 20. I competed till I was 24. Uh, and then I ended up getting married, transitioned. I graduated university got married and moved to Australia all within like a two to three week time frame, And so that was like, oh, this is the end for that. I'm done with that now. This is the next chapter of my life will begin. You know, that was kind of like a hard stop for me. And so that was sort of an easier transition. I think a lot of people kind of struggle with that. When is the end for me from a competing standpoint? And for me, it was very clear of like, oh, this is the end. And so all that happened in a very short amount of time. The timestamp that that's, that's around 2017, uh, January of 2017. So that's kind of that journey. Um, 
yeah, got into lifting weights when I was, let's say 12 years old. I, I would, I always kind of forget if it's 11 or 12, but it doesn't matter. I was very young. Uh, my brother got me into it and I was very, I've been very fortunate to have very qualified individuals in my life, uh, throughout my life that have taught me how to, to do it properly and how to integrate it well within my life. And, you know, for a lot of us, that's a ongoing struggle. And so that's been a big part of my tr career transition is, is kind of how to, how to help people integrate strength training and, and exercise and physical activity into their life and, and really kind of be rooted in strength training because I, you know, we have research to support this statement, but it is kind of the best bang for your buck in terms of time spent doing a thing that is the greatest impact on our health and, and lifespan and health span. So, uh, that's kind of my initial, here I am, this is who I am intro. And we'll kind of, you know, break that apart as we go here. Cool. Let's let me, let me just poke around at the moving to Australia and, and stopping physique competitive, uh, competition. Was that, was there a part of you that wanted to stop anyway, or was it just like a, you moved there and I mean, listen, let's be real people in Australia, like are like, it's one of the most fitness heavy places, you know, it's certainly like a, at least from what it feels like on this end, on, on the computer side of things on the internet, definitely Australia isn't a place where it's like, oh yeah, people don't do fitness here and I'm an oddball competing. And so was it yeah. a part of you that already wanted to do that? And you're like, Hey, here's a good opportunity to like turn a page in my metaphorical chapter of this book here. Or, or did you kind of feel like you were at the end of your rope with competing already? Yeah, I was finding my way out. I, I, you know, I certainly was falling out of love with something that I was deeply in love with at one point, you know, and I think that's a struggle we all carry and our attachments to things that we love, um, you know, activities and pursuits and hobbies and bodybuilding came into my life at a time where I really needed it. And I really leaned on it and it, it really helped me become who I am. So I always kind of have a, a debt to that and will always push that forward. But I think for all of us, there is a time where it's the end and it needs to be the end and it no longer integrated as well with my life. And that was a big part of that transition. So I met my wife when I was actually, when I was in England, um, she's from Kentucky. I'm from Southern Indiana. We grew up like 30 miles apart, but we actually met while we were both in England. And that's a, a story for, you know, that's a different long story. But um, within that time frame, I had taken kind of a hiatus from really my life. Uh, and I was like, I just want to do something else. I was sort of running away from my life. That was in 2015. And our life that I had kind of created and or found myself living and I needed a transition. And so I was trying to find the most productive way to run away and studying abroad in England, still get, you know, I still get school credit. I still get to push towards graduating somewhat on time, uh, even though it kind of pushed me back a semester, which is fine. I was probably, that was going to happen regardless. And so I went to experience that. I met my wife there. And during the hiatus, like, you know, I, I, I really kind of stopped training for the most part as much as I was, you know, training, I was training six days a week, sometimes twice a day. Uh, and that was my life. That was really what it was centered around every day. I woke up, it was like, well, there's a morning workout, there's an evening workout and, or an afternoon workout. And there's, there's the work that I have to do in between. And that was my every day. And that was my life for, for a long time, a little, you know, a stint there in my twenties. And so, um, from there, when I got back from England, you know, my wife and I, who's now my wife, we were just in, you know, dating at the time and, and 
thinking about getting engaged. Um, I really hadn't shown her that side of me, you know, and, and I was a professional at something and she hadn't seen me be a professional at the thing I was a professional at. And so for me, that was like, oh, well, I want to at least ex experience this with you once because I do this thing at a very high level. And so, you know, when we met, we were just traveling around, like living in, you know, very normal. I was studying. Um, I may have lifted twice a week at the time. And she understood kind of like, oh, you compete. I knew some competitors and power lifters back in the day. I kind of know generally what that is. And I was like, yeah, you probably don't. So I'd love for you to experience me when, when I'm cranky and <laughs> me when I'm yeah, starving. Well, me when I, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Thankfully, um, thankfully my last, you know, my last, you know, professional show really was my best one. It was the best I ever felt. Um, it was the most fulfilled I had ever felt during, I think is because I had better relationships with it. I had better relations, deeper relationships with other people during it. And I didn't allow it to completely take over my life. I allowed it to just better complement my life. Obviously at a, at that level, you have to dedicate your life to it, but again, more complimentative. And it was a deeper, deeper prep, if you will, um, in terms of just overall meaning and fulfillment. And, you know, it was ultimately the best I ever looked and, at a show and, and peaking and everything else. And I went into it knowing it was my last one. And that was big, you know? Um, so I didn't know... I didn't really have an idea of what I was going to come next after I got back from England. But when I came back, you know, in a relationship, it was like, oh, I do want to do one last one. And I want you to experience this, what's been such a big part of my life up to this point. And so that was kind of the, the end for me, if that makes sense. And um, I just wanted to know it was my last one because I needed closure in that, I think. And that helped me kind of close that chapter and tie it up and kind of leave it in the archives better than I think a lot of people leave it. Yep. That's that, that is fair. Yeah. I, the, the exit process of, of competing to me is just like an interesting thing because I feel like it is associated with some not, I mean, addictive is a, is just like something we throw or word we throw around, but I feel like it could be something that's like most people are either going to have a bad, ex like most people are going to have a bad experience and then be done with it or, or yeah, just keep getting addicted to wanting to do more. And, and I, and I don't just mean addicted in such a net negative way. I mean, it could be like addicted to just doing something that you find fulfilling and it feels good and you like doing it and you have a community and all that good stuff. But yeah, it's interesting. That doesn't, that's not the typical, like, you know, I, I had a, uh, my fiance or wife at the time and I just wanted to go out with a bang and experience that with her and then move on with my life. And that's, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, I know. It's great. And I think, I think obsessive probably is a better word than addicted. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I think to be good at something, to be good at really anything to the highest degree you can be, you have to have somewhat obsessive behaviors towards it. Um, I think we all find that within our business life or what have you, whatever skills we're trying to obtain, we become rather obsessive towards those things. And for me, it was an obsessive behavior that at one time really benefited my life in many ways. It, it, it really gave me a lot of meaning and it gave me a lot of it gave me a positive trajectory at a time in my life when I didn't think there was one. And when I had a better understanding of a, a better out and a better trajectory for my life, that was the end of that obsessive leaning on that obsessive behavior. And I no longer felt like I needed, needed it as much, um, which obviously comes with its transitions, right. And 
I'm still trying, you know, even to, to, to this day, I'm still, as we all do, we're all still trying to find what is the thing for me? What do I actually enjoy? And what is a good mix for me in terms of the way I approach my health and wellness and, and fitness life? And, you know, that's just a part of aging and a part of going through this experience that we get to have on, on this planet. But um, yeah, it was, it was an end to an obsessive stent that I'm happy ended, but I'm really also, I'm re- also really grateful that it, it, it existed. That's awesome. That's awesome. Happy for you. Happy is a good experience. And, and the exit process was a good experience as well. I want to transition to talk about the book, but as I was thinking about like, Hey, let's, you know, maybe I want to talk about the book, but I was thinking, I was like, does he get bored talking about the book? Like I have somebody come on the podcast, the book It's like, not you, but it's not like you wrote the book yesterday. It's not like we're like doing like a book launch. Like you get bored talking about it. I really want to talk about it because I think, um, yeah, I just think it's very rare that I advocate books and like it's just not the medium normally that for like very up-to-date like quality very applicable knowledge and yours is like one of the few in our space that i'm like yeah it's actually a good book you should go read it um you ever get bored talking about it thank you uh first for the kind words um not really i i think i i think at a you know at a social level when i'm out you know at a friend's gathering it's like yeah i don't really want to talk about yeah, that. yeah, yeah. but from a professional sense, no, I, I really don't because, you know, a, a lot of the the meaning behind the book and and all of the work that went into it, went into the 18 month process of writing it and getting it published and everything else or getting it, you know, going to print, getting it out into the world was really painstaking, you know, and there's a lot that went into it, um, but it is such a affordable resource for people to really have to better understand strength training. And for me in this new kind of next chapter of my career, it's, it's been, how do I reduce the friction for people or how do I reduce the, yeah, I guess the friction that people have of getting into the gym. And so, you know, people every single day are going to their doctor, getting bad diagnoses, you know, have being put on medication, being put on all of these different uh, things that they don't necessarily want to be on or they don't want to live their life in a certain way. And their, their physicians or other people in their life are typically going to point them towards exercise and strength training is a big one. Like, Hey, you should probably get into the gym and, you know, especially with women. Right. And, and I know your crowd is, is really women driven and, and that's amazing. And one of the things with aging, uh, with women is, is going to be sarcopenia, right. And trying or, sarcopenia being one of them, um, osteoporosis being another. And that's, that's one of those things where strength training is the best thing you could do, uh, for your health and, and overall just life in general and longevity as a whole. And so, uh, and being more capable as you age. And, and I think the most beneficial is, you know, not only adding life to your years, but like years, not only adding years to your life, but life to your years. Right. Um, and I, I think that's a powerful thing. And strength training is one of those things that can really help facilitate that. And so be it that the book is such an affordable resource for people. And it was written in a way to be a reference guide, right? It's not written like you have to read it beginning to the end. It is a book where you can just pick it up, open up to a page, start reading and pick it up from there. You know, you don't have to read it beginning to end. And it was written as that and, and really designed to be a more of a reference handbook or textbook more so than a novel or you know something like that 
So obviously the book is uh, goes through muscles in the body, anatomy, some of the biomechanics, um, some of the other things that go into strength training. What, what were the challenges in in writing it in in this sort of a fashion? Because I think in today's age, I feel like it's you know I can imagine there are some challenges putting it on paper versus being like, hey, I'm going to video this module, you know, and there I'm going to be able to look at a a moving 3D picture versus some putting it into 2D form. So what were some of those challenges? Because it still does a good job, and I'll ask you. We'll talk a little bit about how maybe since the book has been written, you know, have your thoughts evolved or whatever. But at the time, what were you, were you like, yeah, I know that I'd love to describe this in a 3D way, but, you know, here's my challenge. Yeah. And thankfully, you know, I worked with a, a amazing publisher. Uh, so DK Publishing, which is uh, owned by Penguin Random House. So it's, you know, they they have a lot of resources at their disposal. They have some of the best illustrators in the world. They have, you know, great editors. And so knowing that going in, like I didn't write the book and then try to find a publisher. It it was the other way around. Like a publisher actually reached out. They had a book in mind and they reached out and were like, Hey, we want you to write this book. And so that is, was an interesting turn of events in my own life. You know, uh, as I was going through different career transitions at the time, I found myself, you know, just working with clients day to day and, I was writing some blog articles, things like that, kind of getting myself back into writing and stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I had an idea of writing a book sometime in my life, as many of us do as professionals. We're like, yeah, I want to write a book. That seems cool. Uh, you know, I always had the aspirations, I think, sometime in my life, but I didn't really have an idea of like, in my 20s, I'm going to write a book. It's going to be published, blah, blah, blah. I just didn't have that really within me, you know, or within my mind. And so I just was writing. I was, you know, publishing articles that really no one was reading. And thankfully I was writing them because, you know, I, as if there are personal trainers listening to this or really anyone listening to this opportunity happens through serendipity, right? It happens through just engaging with life. And as you engage with life, as you engage with the thing that you're trying to do and you, you remain curious and you continue to put yourself out there positive things can happen from that, right? Especially now in the internet age. And so I was just doing that actively and I didn't really know what it was going to turn into. I never expected to turn into this, but one day uh, I got an email that said book proposal, science of strength training. And I thought it was fake. So I almost deleted it. And then I showed it to my wife and she's like, don't delete that. That seems legit. So we looked up the guy who sent the email. He was legit. So she's like, you should respond. And so I did. And then I did an interview and then they're like, Hey, we want you to write this book. And I was like, are you sure there's other people I'd recommend? And they're like, no, we want you. And so that's kind of the, that was like the event, you know, the kind of the, the, the timeline of events that happened over a few months. And, um, and then we kind of got into the, the making of it. And I'm like anyone else. I was a student of, you know, a student of strength training and, it's been something that's been in my life again, since I was about 12 years old. And it's something that's always been positive, a positive in my life and brought a lot to my life. And, you know, I didn't really understand, especially at the time, you know, it's 12 year old. I'm not, I just want to look better. You know, I want to perform better in sports and whatever else. And strength training was a physical pursuit that I happened to gravitate towards and actually be fairly good at or have success in. And then it turned into other parts of my career, which was the competing part. And then, you know, I was studying it in school. I was trying to always improve my knowledge on it. And 
but during that time, it's not like it was always this thing that I just always understood at the highest level. And, you know, since, since I was 12, I understood how to do everything and I understood how everything worked and, you know, everything made sense. And I knew every detail, I knew every mechanism, you know, that's just not true, you know? And so as I was going, I just remained curious about what were the things and how was I improving and how does this work and what is a better way to maybe perform this to get better results? And so I just remained curious about those things. And then I started putting out content into the world. I started putting content out into the world and, you know, through Instagram and YouTube, you know, I was on, I've been on YouTube since 2015, putting out basically like, you can go back and there's, there's how to tutorials from 2015 on YouTube still. Right. So, um, which are horrible for me to watch, but they're very cringy, but it was me putting stuff out into the world, trying to help other people. And that's really been the through line in my career. And, you know, as long as I'm doing that, I think positive things can happen, not only for myself and my career, but for other people. And maybe they could find something beneficial in that. And so that was really the, the cornerstone of how I wanted to write the book. Like, I'm not someone that always understood it, right? And I think that's how a lot of books are written is they're either written from the standpoint of the reader is stupid, explain it to me like I'm five, you know, as we quote Michael Scott in the office, or it's, hey, I'm writing this book for other academics because I want to sound smart to my friends. And so I wanted to kind of split the difference. Like, one, I think the reader is inherently smarter than we give them credit for. They can figure it out. It's up to you to give them the better tools to be able to figure it out. And then I'm not writing this to impress my friends. I'm writing it in a way where I don't embarrass myself in front of my friends, but I'm not writing it to, I'm not writing it for my friends or to impress them, right? Or for my colleagues or maybe people I look up to. And so I was really writing it from a standpoint or from a perspective of, look, the reader is smart, but the vocabulary we use is important. How I introduce these ideas is important. Um, how I write about them in a way that they can understand it, but also be empowered by the, the knowledge of like, oh, I do get this. This does make more sense. And when I read it and then I go do it, it was better, right? Um, and so that was kind of the, the the perspective and framework in which I wrote it in. And to circle back and finish that thought in that kind of that loop there, as I have been a student of strength training since I was 12, it's like, I haven't always understood everything, right? And so what was the book that I wish I would have had when I started? Well, let's do my, I just want to do my best to write that and put up something together that is organized, that's affordable, that more, more people can get their hands on. And, and it is ultimately just a helpful resource. And so that was kind of the perspective I wrote it from. I feel like there's an innate fear in, not fear, whatever, but like uh, if I were to write a book in my head, this is how this would go. The minute it'd be published, I'd want to be like, all right, I need to, I messed this up or I need to reiterate this or, you know, a million edits. Okay, you can go through a bajillion edits back and forth with your editor and you can make a million iterations but the minute that thing's out in the world, are there things, how, how many years ago have this, has this book been out? And do you 
have those things in mind as to like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in, in doing an update because yeah, as much as things don't change, they do change, they do change, they don't change, the big pillars don't change, but you know, some of the little nuances, which the book isn't just like, hey, lift, eat, sleep, go. It's it's obviously goes into a lot of the science um, and some of that in a nuanced way, you know, you, you maybe iterates over time. Uh, do you get that feeling ever? I'm not saying the book's outdated. That's not what I meant to say. I just mean like, no, I can yeah. only imagine that that feeling lives within anybody who puts anything out into the world like that. Anytime you put something out into the world, you immediately are like, that could be better. That could be better. I should have wrote like that. So for sure. I mean, there's, there's a couple sections that come to mind, you know, um, like the lever systems, to be honest, in tr- as transparent as I can be, the publisher just really wanted that to be a part of the book. I didn't want to put that in the book, but the publisher wanted it in there. And so I was like, okay, I accept this because the publisher really, they came to me and they were like, Hey, we want this book written, but it's up to you how you write it. Like set it up. We'll work together on the outline. We're going to pitch ideas. You can shoot them down and pitch your, pitch your own. Right. And so it took us a month or two to actually just write the outline and agree upon how, what, what is in this book? What's going to go here? And, you know, I understood like, this is how many pages the book needs to be. This is kind of the general layout. These are the general links of things. And so they gave, they came to me with a structure, but they really allowed me a lot of autonomy to put what I wanted in the book, but they did have a couple of things. They were like, no, we want this there because based off our market research, this is helpful information. And so I was like, okay, fine. You've given me, you you know, you gave me 90%, I'll give you 10. Um, and so that was one, you know, the lever system, I would have rather put like resistance profiles or, you know, stuff like that into it. Um, so that's probably an update. If they give me another opportunity, I would probably exchange that information because I find that to be more helpful. Um, cause no one walks into the gyms. Like I can't wait to train my third class levers, you know, like no one, nor should you, who cares? Yeah. Um, but it's still like, it doesn't to say that's useless information. It's just, you're, it's low and, you know, it's very low in terms of hierarchy importance of knowledge. Um, and then maybe the energy systems. I think there's been more updates to the research um, that was kind of first surfacing when a book got published that I would go back and probably update. That isn't to say that what's in the book was the most supported up-to-date knowledge of what we had at the time back in 2020, 2021. Um, but since then, there has been more updates to energy systems Um but you know, ultimately, it's not. It's not. That, yeah, it's not crazy. Like you said, the the Earth is flat or something. Let's be real. No, 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 no. It's it's more or less like oh, I you know, there's a chart that's like these energy energy systems are active here and more sure. active here, and it's like now we understand that they're all active all the time and basically to the nth degree at all times, right? And they're they're recycling energy. They're all doing the same thing pretty much all the time. Just there's a bias towards one or the other. But, you know, again, like it's not earth shattering. It's not like I said, the earth is flat and it's like, oh, there's a shadow here. The earth isn't flat. Oh, no. So it's not huge, but there are some updates if if I had to nitpick cool. in terms of the book. Yeah, I appreciate that. I can know it can be vulnerable. Be me, me, my first question is like, hey, dude, what, what would you change about the book? Um, but I appreciate yeah. that. And, and I just think that that was a thought that came to mind because it's like even just with like Instagram posts on the smallest micro minutia level it's like you hit post you're like nah, i probably would have said that differently and so i can only imagine yeah. that happens with the entire book even though it's obviously way more goes into it from an editing perspective there's just like 
and and you know you know the minute i publish this like you know we're, we're never, it's not like we're done researching this stuff so like we're doing a good job in the space if your book gets outdated you know what i mean like that's like it's just like you know if you expected it, everything to be 100 percent true forever then you know but yeah i think it's still just an amazing job i still reference it out now it's not like i'm like yeah that energy systems thing take it with a grain of salt it's like <laughs> yeah. most people you know are gonna get a lot of nuts and bolts out and, and a ton of good knowledge from it yeah no, i appreciate that yeah. but it's yeah as you said there's just there's always updates right and it's an ongoing thing and that's beautiful and I, I think that's a that's more of a positive than a negative. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Cool. Let's talk about uh, when what, what you're doing now, helping people get into the gym, kind of lowering that barrier of entry, reducing the friction, stuff. Some of the stuff you were talking about. How does someone go from? I know that that's kind of what the point of the book was, but that book is isn't exactly that, right? It's not like you know, it not necessarily like um, and you just like from a gen pop. It's a, one standard deviation above that. Someone who really wants to learn about this stuff for sure. It's certainly not a, a physics three hundred page physics textbook, right? Uh, physiology textbook. It's certainly way more um, uh, uh, accessible than that. But has that? It sounds like to me. I'm talking to an, a guy who picks up lifting when he's twelve, starts competing, goes pro writes a book on anatomy, physiology of, of strength training, and then is telling me that now his passion is, I want to you know lower that barrier of entry for people to lift and, and, and get all of those health benefits. Is that a progression that's happened naturally? Talk me through how person A becomes person B. Yeah, person A was more myopic. They were someone who was a little bit more of a purist, as I think we all start out as, right? Um, you know, I, I think that's just stuff that evolves as you become more experienced in your field is you start out, you learn something, you take it as gospel, it becomes the thing you push forward because you've had success with it. And then the more you, you know, work with people in the real world, the more you experience the world for yourself, the more you mature as you age and experience life, you realize that, okay, some of that purest nature of what I was bringing to this probably isn't as matter of fact, as I once thought, um, maybe it doesn't have quite as much benefit as maybe more generally just approaching it in this way versus like, oh, you have to do it this way if you approach it. Um, and so, yeah, it was like a natural, I think it was a fairly natural evolution of, you know, I was a young kid going through school, 1920 up to, you know, mid twenties, really just kind of going forward. All I knew was what I was learning in school and then putting into practice in my, my own experience of the thing of strength training and having success at a high level and working with clients and having success with certain, uh, approaches. But again, as you get older, you tend to soften a bit in, in a good way. Um, and so I softened, I think I softened my convictions in certain things, uh, or more broadly, I think, and now I care a lot less about how you do it. I just care that you do it, you know? And so, in, and I always try to put off now it's my, my main focus is less about creating controversy and more about creating a positive nugget for someone to take and, and implement, you know, and how specifically you implement it is up to you or maybe up to the context of what I, that nugget of wisdom I was trying to give. I, I, don't, I don't know if you heard, man, but you're, you're doing the social media thing all wrong. So you're just like, yeah. you're giving up controversy. Like, are you crazy? Like, no, I, I love that. Frankly, I, I really do. Yeah. That's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a fairly natural evolution uh, to my career in, in, 
you know, I, I, the more I experienced and worked with just normal everyday people, uh, both in person and online, I just, I've learned. And also as my, my life has evolved and my fitness life has evolved, as I alluded to in the beginning, there's always a transition, right? Like, you know, I know you've gotten more into running and more aerobic work and, you know, I've picked up trail running and my wife and I just started swimming and, you know, she's set a goal for us to do a triathlon next year. And, you know, strength training is always gonna be a part of my life, but it used to be all I did, but now I just want it to be a compliment to what I do because again, there's a, like with anything, there's a threshold of what's, there's a minimum threshold of what gives us the positive benefits and this inverted U, right? Um, you know, there is a middle of that graph. And I, I think that for everyone that shifts across their life. Um, but my main goal is how do I help myself and other people meet their minimum thresholds, enjoy it, feel confident within doing it, but also learn how to integrate it into a more holistic approach, right? So if you do enjoy running, then run. And here's how you do it. And here, here's how you complement strength training with it. You know, um, if you enjoy swimming, same thing. Um, so trying to be less myopic, trying to be less of a purist, um, and just be more inclusive to all parties involved. Um, and again, rather than being divisive, just being a positive influence for people to, Hey, if you find yourself in the gym, I I'm hopefully a guy that can help you be more confident and get more, get better results. Uh, but you know, if you're not for the gym, that's fine too, but I think you should be because it's really great for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it's hard to disentangle you arriving at that. Let's say, uh, I want to use the word that you use, like just softening your convictions. It's hard to disentangle that from coming from having been a person who had, you know, held to his convictions more, you know, let's say finding a place of balance after being unbalanced. It's hard to disentangle arriving at that point. And I feel that way very strongly in my own life where like, I'm, I'm in a similar way where I'm, 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 I, I run now. <laughs> I run, I lift. Yeah. Uh, I'm no, not concerned in my, I'm not concerned with getting bigger. You know what? I don't really have any aspirational goals in terms of like performance. Um, there's an, a, a thread of, you know, of, of the word maturity somewhere in there. There's a shred, there's a thread of like life responsibilities changing. You know, my wife's pregnant. We're gonna have a baby. Is that like, you know, we're reshuffling of priorities. It's all happening at the same time. There's so many confounding variables, but I also think there is an element of, you know, I'm, in, I'm, in, I encourage people now as well, because this is my state of mind. Like, Hey, let's, let's, my, my group program is like, and like, uh, the, the theory or the, the reason behind having my group program is I want people to get the most time efficient gains they can. We are very time efficient. We are more on the minimalist side of things. I want you to make gains, but we're really looking at this through a lens of a regular person who's got, you know, max like four hours a week to train. And that's, that's quite a bit, frankly. Um, but you know, we got, we have, I'm starting to like thread in some cardio, like more specific cardio. And, and I'm coming to this place where I'm like really excited about being balanced and, you know, looking at overall health, longevity and enjoyment and sustainability and all that stuff. But I, I also can't disentangle that, that maybe I am there because I had a moment of going just all in on one thing on something. And I'm not, I'm not saying you can't arrive at that point without also just going all in on one thing, but I don't want people who, I don't, at the same time, I'm not saying you were saying this at all. I'm just saying I'm caught in between like, hey, if I have someone who's like super pumped up about lifting and like, I want, I want to let them like go in on that and just really enjoy it. And if, if you if you want to talk about the, the three divisions of the rear delt, like, yeah, we can talk about it. I'll help you keep it in context. 
but I don't want to like yuck your yum or pop your balloon or whatever. Like if you're yeah. really excited about that, because I know that this all happens in waves and, and you might take this to the complete extreme and, and find something great from that and then go into another phase of your life and find a new level of balance. And there's a question in there somewhere. If you feel like that, you look back upon that time as like, hey, that, that's probably a necessary part of my personal journey to arrive where I'm at now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think more of my philosophy is now is I'm more of a, I, I'm in a position where I'm more focused on helping you take you from where you are now, where, where's your starting point? How, where are you coming in to our conversation at? And then where do you want to go with it? Right. So for a lot of people that's, Hey, I, I haven't been in the gym in 20 years. I'm looking to just be healthier, get off my blood pressure medication, my cholesterol medication. How do I show up better for, for myself and my family? How do I stay consistent to this thing that I know is beneficial, but tends to be hard for me to consistently show up to all the way to, yeah, bro, I want bigger, I want bigger delt caps and I want bigger arms and I want to be jacked and everywhere in between. And I, I think no one's wrong, right? Within that, right? I, I think there's a certain, you know, I have my own beliefs of like how big is big enough and how strong is strong enough and how much time is enough time towards this thing um, before it becomes detrimental or counterproductive or, you know, we, there is a, you know, I have beliefs around there is a, there is big enough, right? So you don't need PEDs to be bigger, to be healthier. Being bigger doesn't mean healthier, right? It just means you're bigger. You have more muscle, right? And that's just the fact of the matter. And so I think there is a balance to be had, right? Between everything. And I think to create a balance, we have to have, we have to have had spent time within either of the extremes, right? And so I've been obsessive. I've been the six, seven day a week, twice a day trainee. And I've been the nihilistic person who really kind of gave up training for a a long stint, right? And I realized that, oh, I do depend on this for parts of my identity. I depend on this for how I want to show up and not only show up in the world for myself, but show up in the world and how I look and feel and express myself. Um, And then how I've chosen to dedicate my professional career towards it. And really my entire adult life up to this point has been dedicated to it. So being able to create a balance, I think first resides in being able to pull from the extremes that you once lived in. And so I think we all go through extremes of extremes of obsessive behavior and extremes of nihilism and giving it up and saying, oh, what a waste of time that is. Just do X, Y, and Z and you'll survive. You're fine. None of this matters. Who cares? Right. Because it's like, ultimately you can live that way, but what's the point in that either? You know, because we're here for a short time. Let's give it meaning. Let's make the most of it. Let's give life to those years and let's be the best versions of ourselves for ourselves, you know, not only for ourselves, but for those that love us and for those that we love. And, you know, I, I, however you choose to create balance within that, I just hope that I can help you from whatever your point A is to your point B. Um, and that's really kind of where I've, I guess, disentangled to use your word, mm-hmm. that relationship with it. And I, again, that comes through experience of life more so than anything, I think. Yeah, I find it. I find that nihilism is a wonderful word. I've had many a nihilistic chat on this podcast with the uh, Brian Borstein, a friend of mine. Um, yeah, yeah, follow yeah. Brian. Brian's awesome. Uh, yeah, super, yeah, I know super Brian. smart dude. And uh, yeah, many a nihilistic uh, chats have gone on on this podcast and his podcast. So I know where you're coming from, not just from 
but just from a specifically from a training perspective of like, hey, like we're circling all the way back around to like, man, eh, nothing matters if you, you know you train, eat, sleep, you get things most 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 of the way right. Um, and 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 I find that too because there was a time where I know that that's funny. The first thing I think of when I think of you is not your book. It is it is that gym in Colorado. What what gym is that? Um, oh, the gym at Prospect. The gym at Prospect. And you know why? Because the first time I went to N one Practicals, I by I just was like such a freaking idiot. Like I didn't look at like the, any of the emails they sent. I just like Googled it like on the way while my Uber was like on the way, and I went there and I walked in. I was like, I know this place. I'm like, yeah. this isn't it. But like, I know why do I know this place? And and whatever. I guess maybe that was like where some of the cast was located prior to him having his own place. Or I, I actually don't know what the relevance of that place is, but I was like, I know people from Instagram who work out here. Um, yeah. That's um, just for context there. That's so I was in the, the initial starting stages that first year of N one, I worked for N one that first year and a half of its existence. Um, so I was a coach and an educator for them for context as well. Um, and before they had their own facility, that's where we worked out of. We worked out of that gym at Prospect. And so a lot of the content came from there. A lot of videos you'd see me in or filming are from there. Um, and that's that's my buddy Dan's gym, Dan Greenbaum. He's a wonderful human being and really took us in and, and gave not only, you know, in one as a whole, and, and I've since moved on from that, but myself really kind of a, a safe space to just go and train and, and be myself and film content and and really just kind of exist um, in the way that I want to. And so, you know, big shout out to him. But that's kind of where that that gym comes into play. Yeah. You just mean using a bunch of really sick prime equipment is what you mean. Yeah. yeah and it, obviously it's it's yeah. one of the best facilities yeah. in terms of like environment and pieces of equipment. I mean, it's it's, you know, every piece of equipment in there is hand selected of like we, we need two rows, row machines. This is one of the best. This is the second best that I know of. And we have them both, you know, and that's a phenomenal place to train and, and be able to train clients in person and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I remember you also from some of the early N1 like form videos and stuff that that, mm-hmm. that definitely was the case. I'm, I just think about um, a person who knows so much about that. I think of myself as well. I've been to two practicals. I've done all the courses. I've, I've taken other people's courses. I, I've had a couple of years in my life where I thought this was like, all that mattered, right? Completely like iliac glute max, completely like, oh, look, we have a seventh division of the pec, like just totally all in. And I'm not being nihilistic about it. Like I still just went to a practical last last week. Yeah. Um, and so it's not like a thing I don't value. I, I certainly do. Um, but, but it is interesting having just both of us sitting here being like, yeah, you, I mean, there, there are a few, you know, we're in the 1% of knowledge on a topic and we're both sitting here like, yeah, but you should probably just focus on getting in the gym first, you know? Yeah, because that's, again, I mean, we got to look at the statistics, right? There's 80% of the the population that doesn't meet the minimum requirements for physical activity, right? 80%. So let's start there. 70% of the US is overweight or obese. Let's start there, right? So what's the lowest hanging fruit? Let's start there. And the fact of the matter is like, yes, all those things are very cool to know, I'm so grateful that those guys exist and they're pursuing that and they're curious about it and they're continue to innovate and push the industry forward because it continues to give us places to go and, and it continues to fulfill our curiosities as, as human beings and as professionals. But again, I, I think our jobs are more in the realm of translation of that information 
and the digestibility of that information into real world practical advice for real world everyday folks who are not thinking about this 24 seven, right. And who really just need to show up at least twice a week, you know, at least the 60 minutes of what's been found to lower all cause, all cause mortality by 33%, right. 60 minutes a week can change your life and help prevent up to 40 chronic diseases, right? Cancers, you name it. And so cardiovascular disease, the the leading killers of human beings on this earth right now, strength training, at least 60 minutes can help lower that risk up to 30 to 40%. Um, and so let's start there. And then we can get a little bit more nuanced, right? Then we can go into the the different divisions and let's how, how do I grow my upper chest and stuff like that. But right now I'm more focused on how do I get you more excited and how do I get you more confident while you're here? And that's really my main priority at this point in my career. Yep. And, and, and I find that for the, for the right person in the right context, like at, I at least want to be the coach who can reach into the back pocket and, and help somebody who will be excited by some of this nerdy biomechanics shit and I, and I just, it, it, the occasional client is like, Hey, that's where I'm at right now where I'm it's that like people look like not down on that. Like of like, Oh, like you're just so aesthetic driven. And it's like, so again, so myopic, so zoomed in. And, and I'm certainly not about that with my own training, but as long as you're doing it in a good headspace and the things that you're like, the point is to stay in the game. The point is to stay in the game. The point is to keep doing this for as long as possible. And if you can lose yourself in a good way, in, in the pursuit of learning more and intellectual uh, uh, stimulation and you find it to be a net positive, I love that. So I certainly have people who are like all the way on the like, we just lift, just execute. Like, I'm fucking proud of you. Like, let's get our nutrition in check and walk and move and lift and amazing. 99% of the box is checked. And then other people are like, hey, like, like what happens if I bend my knee a little bit less, push my hips a little bit more back? And it's like, oh, great. Like, if this is the kind of stuff that keeps you intellectually stimulated, keeps you in the game, then great, let's do it. And so I have people I've asked, I think that not I've been very vocal at all, but like people who know me closely are like, yeah, I've backed off some of my content a little bit on like uh, some of the anatomy and physiology and some of the more nuanced stuff. Um, and they're like, well, what are you doing going to another practical then? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm still super interested in it in general. I find it intellectually stimulating. I know that some things have you know changed or updated and I want to learn. Um, but I also know that I want to be able to ha help people have fun if it's something that they find also intellectually stimulating for sure. Yeah. And I think as professionals, right, we all have these, the best analogy I've been able to kind of like put it in is we all have these like zip files in our mind, right? Where they, that house these incredible vast amounts of knowledge on a very specific things, but they're in zip files, right? They're organized. They're, uh, they're categorized. They're, they're in a place where we can at any time go in, open that file up, go to the exact place we need, has there been an update here? Yes or no? If yes, is it massive? No. Okay. So I'm not really going to change the way I talk about it, but it could, it could change to one of the tips I give to help you achieve it. Right. And again, like I don't see that as a negative, right? I, that's a massive net positive. Um, but I, I think what, where it becomes a negative is if that information is something you're wielding as a sword um, within you know, are you, you're, you're wielding it as a weapon to demonize something or to become a gatekeeper of something, um, that inevitably leads someone to less healthy behaviors. Right. And so 
that's where I see an, a net negative in the grand scheme of it. But as long as you continue to to pursue it in a in a way where it is just intellectually stimulating and it makes you a better professional and it helps you with your clients or it just helps you stay in the game, right? Because as professionals, like like you have like anyone listening to this has in their career, sometimes things get stale, you know, sometimes you're just kind of going through the motions. You're still helping, you're still doing your job, you're still showing up for the people who need you, but it's a bit stale. And so in ev- like every career, we all need something to look forward to and we all need knowledge to kind of keep us in the game. And for many of us, that kind of helps us stay in the game. And how do we incorporate that? And I think for a lot of it too, it's like, I think we're both at a stage, like how much of that education we have, it's like, okay, you got 99% maybe more of what you need here. You know, like I've basically learned everything I need to know up to this point and into the future that can truly just really benefit everyone that I come in contact with. And I can just use it to teach as many human beings as I can reach how to improve it, right? I know as much as I need to know up to this point, but that doesn't mean I want to don't want to know a little bit more, right? But that does mean to kind of use what you discussed and I agree, and this is kind of what you see, I think, evolve in our own careers is that gives us the opportunity now to move on to other f- aspects of health and wellness and, and well-being, right? And okay, there's psychological components to this. There's cardiometabolic components, right? It's not just about the muscle, the, the muscular development or, or the the strength we can gain, right? It's about where's our cardiometabolic health at? Where where's our blood level? You were, were you know when we take our blood, like where are those levels at? You know, where are we at holistically? Where are we at psychologically? Where are we at from a, a point of just having any sort of generative drive towards life or, or pursuing something that's healthy, right? So I think there, once you pursue something so hard, I think it can become a negative if you never come out of it, right? And unless you're just like, okay, I'm cornering myself here. This is my thing, which is what the ed- people who are educating us are doing, right? And that's wonderful. But in my own eyes, it's like, well, they fulfilled that. So I don't need to compete with them because I think they are the best at it who are doing it. So why do I need to try to knock them off? I'm just going to sit here and speak to my passions and speak to the people that tend to gravitate towards the way I talk about these things. And if they want to learn more, like I'll, I'll recommend you like go, if you want to learn more about this stuff, like go to the source, man, like. I'll help you kind of like get there. I'll help you go from point A to point B. But if they're point C, I'm good with being point B. Like I'll be the the chauffeur on your way to the event. But sometimes, you know, as you, as you experience, right? Like sometimes going to those events, sometimes it's like drinking from a fire hose. So, you know, can I be a garden hose in someone's life, you know, totally. on their way to the fire hose? Yep. You know, so um, I, I think that's kind of where you and I reside within the space and, um, I think it's within the precious ecosystem of really any profession, but especially health professionals, you know, we need people on the ground level. We need foot soldiers who are helping people, you know, learn about portion control and macros and stuff. And we need people who are taking it one step further. And we need people who are at the upper ends, the upper echelons of that knowledge base, right? We need everyone there. We need the army of people helping the billions of people on this earth who unfortunately aren't meeting the requirements that are 
necessary for to help sustain, maintain, and, and progress forward our own existence here, you know, and, and help that. So I think, I think we're all necessary. And that's really kind of also why I don't, I'm not here to knock anyone down. I, I truly just, I move away from belittlement. I, I don't think it's an, a necessary evil of any part of this industry. And I don't think it's positive. And I, I think we all are needed and are all, we're all necessary in this world. Um, and as long as you're not coming into this with malicious intent, then keep doing you just keep learning and keep showing up for people who need you because you are benefiting someone probably. Yeah. If you're doing a, if you're doing a decent job, cool, man, Look, tell people, yeah, if you're doing good enough, if you're yeah. doing good enough, tell people not just where they can find yeah. you, but what, what you're actually doing these days. If somebody wants to work with you, like, what are you, what's the, <clears throat> what's the way they can connect with you? Yeah. So, um, science of strength training.com. That's the best place to find me. Um, that's my new kind of, that's my new website. Um, there's a newer version that's going to continuously be updated right now. It's kind of a placeholder, um, website, but, um, I'm hard at work. I've been hard at work for the past, uh, few months on, on rebuilding all of that, uh, and turning that into really, a my idea for that is to turn it into basically the expansion pack from the book, right? So the book is very set in stone. The book is the book, the book's 224 pages. And that's the book, the books, that's what's in the book. And that's what you'll learn, right? Um, so when I talk about bones in the book, I probably had a thousand words or 500 words to talk about bones. And I gave you the best, most effective knowledge I could give you on bones. But through the website, I'm hoping to expand on those topics and go a little bit deeper and, you know, touch on things that are maybe common questions or, you know, how to improve this thing or whatever it is, right? And so that's kind of the idea of the website and, and that resource. So I'm hoping to turn that into kind of a content hub for folks as, again, another reference point for their journey within strength training, if they so choose to want to learn more about it. Um, and then, you you know, I, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm coming out with more of a group program uh, as well here in the near future that I'm hoping launches around the new year. And so, uh, but that website's mainly the hub for everything. So regardless of when you listen to this, maybe check that out and and go from there. Cool. Awesome. Really great chat with you, man. It was nice to meet you. I'm ton of value in here. And so I appreciate your time. Really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Jordan Lips Fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks guys. Have a good one.